changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Today is going to be very interesting because I'm sitting here with Liz Thompson, who is an incredibly impressive woman who was a member of parliament in Barbados. She was an assistant secretary general in the UN, and she's done a lot of other amazing things too. So Liz, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you so much, Amy. Delighted to be here. So Liz wrote for one of our recent books, and I just was flabbergasted when she sent in her story. I have to ask you, first of all, how did you know to send us your story? Actually, quite by accident, I saw it. I'm always searching for places to write new material for writers. And I saw this ad which said that Chicken Soup for the Soul was taking admissions and saw the title of the book and thought, "Mm, that's so interesting, but I have nothing to write about. And then I said, ah, but perhaps I do. And I debated with myself because I didn't think that what I wanted to say was sufficiently inspirational. But I wrote it anyway and sent it off and was shocked to learn that you found it sufficiently inspirational. I was blown away by your story, and I really couldn't believe that such an important person sent us the story. It's like sometimes we'll get a story from a New York Times bestselling author, and it will just appear out of nowhere. And I felt the same way when your story appeared out of nowhere. I don't even know if you know that my husband used to be extremely involved with the UN, and we were friendly with Ban Ki-moon, and um, we did a lot of stuff at the UN. My husband had co-founded something called the Humpty Dumpty Institute, which was a big force for good at the UN. I had no idea that your husband was involved, but, you know, it just shows how the world's a circle and that we're all interconnected, even though we don't know it. So I'm, I'm glad to find this out. Yes, I was Assistant Secretary General of the UN here at UN headquarters in New York, and I had responsibility for, or I should say co-responsibility, for the Rio Plus 20 Conference on Sustainable Development and developing that platform, which has led to the Sustainable Development Goals and a lot of other very positive initiatives globally and within the UN system, including elements of reform. So it it was a very exciting career uh, opportunity for me and resulted in tremendous growth. So this all started long ago when you were what you describe as a struggling student. So let's talk about your story that you gave us, which we were thrilled to publish in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone. And your story is called a tough journey to a magical destination. So why don't you take us through your history and what brought you to those days when you were Assistant Secretary General? The story speaks about my life as a student, and really, I had never excelled as a student. My teachers always told me that I was very bright, but then when I had to sit exams, somehow I would have these phenomenal crashes, and I kept Uh, either underperforming or just failing through school. And when I got to, of course, I was trained in the British system. And when I got to O-levels, which is high school, the high school certification, I just failed. And at the time, my headmistress, who has since been knighted, uh, Patricia Simmons, now Dame Patricia, said to me, Elizabeth, when you fall down at the crossroads, you have to decide whether you're going to stay where you are 
and let the oncoming traffic run over you and kill you, or you have to get up, dust yourself off, and continue with your journey. And it was that single statement that reached me in the midst of my depression and made me believe that there was something in me that could succeed and I needed to give it to myself. I needed to get up, dust myself off, and continue with my journey. And that's what made me go back to school. And in the end, I didn't get spectacular results. Uh, but I did pass high school, and then I went on to study law. And again, um, I kept having very iffy kind of results. And and then I failed my final year in law and had to repeat it. Uh, went on then to do my bar certification. Ended up having to repeat two or three courses in my final year. And that was it. I went to the bar started a career as a lawyer and thought, I'm never studying again. It's just been too hard to get here. And then the studying bug hit me and I wanted to do a master's and people laughed at me and said, but why you are an attorney, you've been practicing, you are now a minister of government, you are the member of parliament for the largest constituency in the island, you've proved, proven yourself. Why do you want to go study now? And I just felt that I needed to improve my um, critical thinking skills. I needed to have strong academic results. And I, I just wanted to learn more, to grow more, to develop more. But I was really terrified of being in the classroom. And I was utterly terrified of failing again. And so the people who tried to dissuade me nearly got through. But I, And I wasn't computer literate. So that that made it even worse. Um, but I decided that I would try. And uh, my first subject, I got a B. And I got Bs. And then I came to the finance module. And that was it. I just figured I cannot pass this. And without this module, I could not pass the um I couldn't get the degree, and I thought about giving up. And a friend who remained a friend to this day, um, he helped me stay. He and my husband persuaded me. And a, another Barbadian friend who had also done the, the MBA with University of Liverpool persuaded me to stay in the program, and I did. And I got my first A in the finance module, and I got all A's after that. And so one day I was minding my business. I had submitted my dissertation. I knew that if I got an A in the dissertation, I would get a first class honours, but I, I just didn't think anymore because, you know, from nearly dropping out, I remember one night uh, I, I hadn't studied. I was in my 40s. I hadn't studied for years. Uh, you know, I had this history of failing. There were some young people in the in the classroom, the cyber classroom chatting. I had no idea what they were talking about. They were using expressions in in business and finance that I did not know. I felt so intimidated. And there I was struggling with the technology, struggling with the topic. You know, my background was law, not business. Um, it was really hard. And, and then I got this phone call, went to the phone, answered it. And there was a voice saying, I'm calling from the University of Liverpool uh, to say congratulations. You have been awarded the Master's in Business Administration with distinction, which is first class honours. Uh, my mouth dropped open. I, I couldn't speak. And then, I, of course, I thanked the person. And when I put the phone down, I realized that I was just weeping. And I went from weeping to bawling hysterically because I really had just proven that I could have strong academics after just failing through school 
on all my studies. It, all right. It really... So you had a law degree, then you got your MBA, and in, in the middle there, you became a member of parliament in Barbados. So did you have I to run? I was already a you member to... of parliament right. so when d- I did the degree. So the you masters. ran for election? I mean, how did that I work? Did. Yes, I ran for elections. Um, in 1994, uh, there was a, a general election in Barbados to elect a new government, and I ran. And actually, that was historic because I was elected to represent the largest constituency in the island. And that uh, constituency had never w- been won by my party historically before. So it really was uh, a major thing. It was also interesting because it was the first time that uh, a large number of female candidates, all, all three of us, so that, that tells you how, old, how long ago it was, um, all three of us were elected to parliament. And it was also historic because it was I was the first graduate, female graduate of the University of the West Indies and the Faculty of Law of the University of the West Indies to be appointed to a cabinet in Barbados. So I did I did the Masters in Business Administration after I was already a member of Parliament and an attorney and a Minister of Government, and and then I did a Masters in Law as well. Getting the first Masters made me even more confident to do a second, and I think that's how it works, that if you can just get beyond your fears, get beyond the point where you are struggling, find your faith in God, find your faith in yourself, and and just do the work necessary. Just take the steps that you need to to get to where you want to go. It happens, but it's a lot of work, and it means fighting your fears overcoming your fears and and facing them. They may still be there in some measure, but you've got to face them and you've got to defeat them. So I have a question for you because I feel like women in general are not as self-confident as they should be. I know that I'm not. Do you feel that being female is one of the reasons why you doubted yourself and why it took you longer to find the faith and realize that you could excel academically? Perhaps, because there are always so many people who are... willing to say to you as a woman that you don't belong here. You have no right in the table. You, this, the, you, you don't deserve a space in the room. You're not quite good enough to be where you are. You're not as good as the men. And you see it in so many ways, the way men are promoted, the way they earn more, the way they, they are far more easily employed than women who are equally well qualified. So you always have to work harder, to fight harder, to be visible, to be recognized, to uh, be affirmed for the quality of your work when you are female. And perhaps, yes, I, I knew that as a woman, um, that I was always going to be shackled to my gender and that there are people who would see it as a shackle and who would judge me um, as not being good enough simply because I was female. So, you know, men are always given second opportunities and third and fourth when women are not necessarily, if we are not performing at A level all the time. I do think that right now women are feeling a little under attack There's a lot of things going on right now. In my town, there was a man who came out prior to the local elections and suggested that all of the voters in our town not vote for a single female resident, just blanket vote against every female who was running for our representative town meeting, which is our New England form of government where you have 250 different people running the town government. 
Uh, so actually, I'm making a new book at Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're putting it on the schedule for May 2018, and it's called The Empowered Woman. Because I think a lot of women have some things to say these days, and I want to give them the opportunity to share their thoughts with other women and share their powerful stories of overcoming any challenges that they face as women and advising other women because we do help each other. We are each other's cheerleaders, and I applaud you for everything that you've done. Now, I want to ask you something else. You went off to the U.N. How did you get from being a minister and, and a politician in Barbados, how did you then get to the UN? So we lost, my party lost government in 2008, and I became leader of opposition business in the Senate, or the U.S. equivalent would be leader of minority business in the Senate. And um, the UN was looking for a female minister or former minister from the South to help to lead the Rio Plus 20 process. And they wanted someone who had a background in environment and sustainable development, an area in which I had worked um, for since 1994. I had four degrees. And uh, so when there were scanning, literally looking. I had done an interview for a post in the UN at the level of Assistant Secretary General, which is like the fourth highest global rank. And I didn't get the post, but apparently I had acquitted myself so well in the interview that when they were looking for another ASG, another Assistant Secretary General for Rio, my name came up and they just called and asked me, would you be interested in taking this post? And I thought, oh my goodness, of course I would. Yes, thank you very much. I, I would indeed be interested. And so then that's you, how moved, it happened. you moved from Barbados to New York. I and came then, to New York and fell in love with the Big Apple. Yeah, and now you are you have your own business. And I know people can find out about you on www.lizthompson, L-I-Z-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. And then is it dot .life? Dot .life, dot yes, life. LizThompson so, .life. LizThompson .life. And also you have a book out. Um, we have just exchanged books. I have given Liz my book called Simply Happy, and she was very surprised to see it because her book that she brought for me is called Make Yourself Happy. Yes. <laughs> so we are exchanging our happiness ideas, which I think is really fabulous. Oh, stay out of animal enclosures and barnyard brawls. I'm just looking at a few of your tips. Oh, I can't read that one. <laughs> Games people play. This is so great. I'm going to have so much fun reading this. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. The book is in full color and is made up of stories, which are really life hacks in four sections, self, others, the world, and the spirit. It will be available on Amazon and Kindle, and it will be available in audio. This is the the version that we I self-published in Barbados last year. Oh, that's great. It's in the U.S. now, so that's yes, wonderful. Now, just it's coming to the internet. Market Before we close, month. I want to find out one more thing. Tell us about the business that you run now. So essentially, I do motivational speaking and motivational writing, and this book is part of that, uh, part of that effort, because there are so many people, and women in particular, who need support. Uh, on my Facebook page, uh, Liz on Life, uh, Liz Thompson, Liz on Life, uh, my Facebook page. 
every day I give motivational messages. I have messages going out by WhatsApp. And uh, the idea is to try to make people live their best life and become their best self, overcome the challenges they're facing, believe that there is the capacity within them, not just to survive but to succeed and to be happy and that's really what I'm I'm focused on now so I, I still do sustainability consulting but I really do a lot more work in motivational uh, speaking motivational writing and I'm available online I'm available to do speeches in person and to write for publications uh, the, there are many people who are unhappy and I, I am focused on trying to change that and making the world a happier space, helping people find how to create happy spaces at work and where they live in their interactions, daily interactions, whether it's with family or in the workplace. So that's what my new business is about. All right. Well, great. Well, I really appreciate you coming by the studio today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. You can go to our website, chickensoup.com, to learn more about the book that Liz Thompson's story appeared in, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone, and come back Monday for a blast from the past. I'm going to share a couple of stories from our 2009 bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Count Your Blessings, with the secret to how you can always feel like you have enough.